0: This is day 24 of our daily Bible reading. We will be doing Leviticus chapters 26 and 27, which will end the book, and then we will go into the book of Numbers chapters 1, 2, and 3. Lord, Heavenly Father, in this chaotic world that is in such a panic right now over the things of God versus the things of evil, that we just take this time to disconnect from that world and is come to your throne of mercy and grace and read your word and be refreshed please bless us today as we learn from you and as we desire your wisdom in our lives thank you for this time and allow your holy spirit to teach us today in jesus name amen you shall not make for yourselves idols nor shall you set up for yourselves an image, or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your land to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to carry them out, then I shall give you rains in their season, so that the land will yield its produce and the trees of the field will bear their fruit. Indeed, your threshing will last for you until grape-gathering, and grape-gathering will last until sowing-time. You will thus eat your food to the full, and live securely in your land. I shall also grant peace in the land, so that you may lie down with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate harmful beasts from the land and no sword will pass through your land. But you will chase your enemies, and they will fall before you by the sword. Five of you will chase a hundred, and a hundred of you will chase ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. So I will turn toward you and make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will confirm my covenant with you. You will eat the old supply and clear out the old because of the new. Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you and my soul will not reject you. I will also walk among you and be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that you would not be their slaves and I broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. But, if you do not obey me, and do not carry out all these commandments, if instead you reject my statutes, and if your soul abhors my ordinances, as to not carry out all my commandments, and so break my covenant, I in turn will do this to you. I will appoint over you a sudden terror, consumption and fever that will waste away the eyes and cause the soul to pine away. Also, you will sow your seed uselessly, for your enemies will eat it up. I will set my face against you, so that you will be struck down before your enemies, and those who hate you will rule over you, and you will flee when no one is pursuing you. If also after these things you do not obey me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. I will also break down your pride of power. I will also make your sky like iron and your earth like bronze. Your strength will be spent uselessly, for your land will not yield its produce, and the trees of the land will not yield their fruit. If then... You act with hostility against me, and are unwilling to obey me. I will increase the plague on you seven times according to your sins. I will let loose among you the beasts of the field, which will bereave you of your children, and destroy your cattle, and reduce your number, so that your roads lie deserted. And if by these things you are not turned to me, but act with hostility against me, then I will act with hostility against you. And I, even I, will strike you seven times for your sins. I will also bring upon you a sword, which will execute vengeance for the covenant. And when you gather together into your cities, I will send pestilence among you, so that you shall be delivered into enemy hands." When I break your staff of bread, ten women will bake your bread in one oven, and they will bring back your bread in rationed amounts, so that you will eat and not be satisfied. Yet if in spite of this you do not obey me, but act with hostility against me, then I will act with wrathful hostility against you, and I, even I, will punish you seven times for your sins. Further, you will eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters you will eat. I then will destroy your high places, and cut down your incense altars, and heap your remains on the remains of your idols, for my soul shall abhor you. I will lay waste your cities as well, and will make your sanctuaries desolate and I will not smell your soothing aromas. I will make the land desolate, so that your enemies who settle in it will be appalled over it. You, however, I will scatter among the nations, and will draw out a sword after you, as your land becomes desolate and your cities become waste. Then the land will enjoy its Sabbath all the days of the desolation, while you are in your enemy's land. Then the land will rest and enjoy its Sabbaths. All the days of its desolation it will observe the rest, which it did not observe, on your Sabbaths, while you are living in it. As for those of you who may be left, I will also bring weakness into their hearts in the lands of their enemies. And the sound of a driven leaf will chase them, And even when no one is pursuing, they will flee as though from the sword, and they will fall. They will therefore stumble over each other as if running from the sword, although no one is pursuing. And you will have no strength to stand up before your enemies. But you will perish among the nations, and your enemy's land will consume you. So those of you who may be left will rot away because of their iniquity in the lands of your enemies, and also because of the iniquities of their forefathers they will rot away with them. If they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their forefathers, in their unfaithfulness which they committed against me, and also in their acting with hostility against me, I also was acting with hostility against them to bring them into the land of their enemies. Or if their uncircumcised heart becomes humbled so that they then make amends for their iniquity, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, and I will remember also my covenant with Isaac, and my covenant with Abraham as well, and I will remember the land." For the land will be abandoned by them, and will make up for its Sabbaths, while it was made desolate without them. They, meanwhile, will be making amends for their iniquity, because they rejected my ordinances, and their soul abhorred my statutes. Yet, in spite of this, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not reject them, nor will I so abhor them as to destroy them, breaking my covenant with them, for I am the Lord their God. But I will remember for them the covenant with their ancestors, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord. These are the statutes and ordinances and laws which the Lord established between himself and the sons of Israel through Moses at Mount Sinai. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man makes a difficult vow, he shall be valued according to your valuation of persons belonging to the Lord. If your valuation is of the male from 20 years even to 60 years, then your valuation shall be 50 shekels of silver, after the shekel of the sanctuary. Or if it is a female, then your valuation shall be 30 shekels. If it be from 5 years even to 20 years old, then your valuation for the male shall be 20 shekels, and for the female... 10 shekels, but if they are from a month even up to 5 years old, then your valuation shall be 5 shekels of silver for the male, and for the female, your valuation shall be 3 shekels of silver. If they are from 60 years old and upward, if it is a male, then your valuation shall be 15 shekels, and for the female, 10 shekels. But if he is poorer than your valuation, then he shall be placed before the priest, and the priest shall value him. According to the means of the one who vowed, the priest shall value him. Now, if it is an animal of the land which men can present as an offering to the Lord, any such that one gives to the Lord shall be holy. He shall not replace it or exchange it, a good for a bad, or a bad for a good, or if he does exchange animal for animal, then both it and its substitute shall become holy. If, however, it is any unclean animal of the kind which men do not present as an offering to the Lord, then he shall place the animal before the priest. The priest shall value it as either good or bad, as you the priest value it, so it shall be. But if he should ever wish to redeem it, then he shall add one-fifth of it to your valuation. Now, if a man consecrates his house as holy to the Lord, then the priest shall value it as either good or bad. As the priest values it, so it shall stand. Yet if the one who consecrates it should wish to redeem his house, then he shall add one-fifth of your valuation price to it, so that it may be his. Again, if a man consecrates to the Lord part of the fields of his own property, then your valuation shall be proportionate to the seed needed for it. A homer of barley seed hath fifty shekels of silver. If he consecrates his field as of the year of Jubilee according to your valuation, it shall stand. If he consecrates his field after the jubilee, however, then the priest shall calculate the price for him proportionate to the years that are left until the year of jubilee, and it shall be deducted from their valuation. If the one who consecrates it should ever wish to redeem the field, then he shall add one-fifth of your valuation price to it, so that it may pass to him. Yet if he will not redeem the field, but has sold the field to another man, it may no longer be redeemed. And when it reverts in the Jubilee, the field shall be holy to the Lord, like a field set apart. It shall be for the priest as his property. Or if he consecrates to the Lord a field which he has bought, which is not a part of the field of his own property, then the priest shall calculate it for him the amount of your valuation up to the year of Jubilee. And he shall on that day give your valuation as holy to the Lord. In the year of Jubilee, the field shall return to the one from whom he bought it, to whom the possession of the land belongs. Every valuation of yours, moreover, shall be after the shekel of the sanctuary. The shekel shall be twenty geras. However, a firstborn among animals, which as a firstborn belongs to the Lord, no man may consecrate it, whether ox or sheep, it is the Lord's. But if it is among the unclean animals, then he shall redeem it according to your valuation, and add to it one-fifth of it, and if it is not redeemed, then it shall be sold according to your valuation. Nevertheless, anything which a man sets apart to the Lord out of all that he has, of man or animal or of the fields of his own property, shall not be sold or redeemed. Anything devoted to destruction is most holy to the Lord." No one who may have been set apart among men shall be ransomed. He shall surely be put to death. Thus all the tithe of the land, of the seed of the land, or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. If, therefore, a man wishes to redeem part of his tithe, he shall add to it one-fifth of it. For every tenth part of herd or flock... Whatever passes under the rod, the tenth one shall be holy to the Lord. He is not to be concerned whether it is good or bad, nor shall he exchange it. Or if he does exchange it, then both it and its substitute shall become holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the sons of Israel at Mount Sinai. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, in the tent of meeting, on the first of the second month, in the second year, after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the sons of Israel, by their families, by their fathers' households, according to the number of names, every male, head by head, from twenty years old and upward whoever is able to go out to war in Israel. You and Aaron shall number them by their armies. With you, moreover, there shall be a man of each tribe, each one head of his father's household. These, then, are the names of the men who shall stand with you. Of Reuben, of the son of Shadur. Of Simeon, Shalumael, the son of... Zerishadai. Of Judah, Neshan, the son of Aminadab. Of Issachar, Nethanel, the son of Zuar. Of Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helan. Of the sons of Joseph, of Ephraim, Elishama the son of Amihud. Of Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, of Benjamin, Abidon, the son of Gideoni, of Dan, Ahazer, the son of Amishadai, of Asher, Pagiel, the son of Ochran, of Gad, Eliasaf, the son of Duel, of Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enan. These are they who were called of the congregation the leaders of their fathers' tribes. They were the heads of divisions of Israel. So Moses and Aaron took these men who had been designated by name, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first of the second month. Then they registered by ancestry in their families, by their fathers' households according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward head by head, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. So he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. Now the sons of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Reuben were 46,500. Of the sons of Simeon, their genealogical registration by their families, by their fathers' households, their numbered men, according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, Their numbered men of the tribe of Simeon were fifty-nine thousand three hundred. Of the sons of Gad, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Gad were forty-five thousand six hundred and fifty. Of the sons of Judah, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Judah were seventy-four thousand six hundred. Of the sons of Issachar, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Issachar were fifty-four thousand four hundred. Of the sons of Zebulun, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's household, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Zebulun were fifty-seven thousand four hundred. Of the sons of Joseph, namely, of the sons of Ephraim, their genealogical registration by their families, by their fathers' households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, their numbered men of the tribe of Ephraim were forty thousand five hundred of the sons of manasseh their genealogical registration by their families by their fathers households according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward whoever was able to go out to war their numbered men of the tribe of manasseh were thirty two thousand two hundred of the sons of benjamin Their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war. Their numbered men of the tribe of Benjamin were thirty-five thousand four hundred. Of the sons of Dan, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war. Their numbered men of the tribe of Dan were sixty-two thousand seven hundred. Of the sons of Asher, their genealogical registration by their families, by their fathers' households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war, Their numbered men of the tribe of Asher were forty-one thousand five hundred. Of the sons of Naphtali, their genealogical registration by their families, by their father's households, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war. Their numbered men of the tribe of Naphtali were fifty-three thousand four hundred. These are the ones who were numbered, whom Moses and Aaron numbered with the leaders of Israel, twelve men, each of whom was of his father's household. So all the numbered men of the sons of Israel by their father's households, from twenty years old and upward, whoever was able to go out to war in Israel, even all the numbered men were six hundred and three thousand 550. The Levites, however, were not numbered among them by their father's tribe. For the Lord had spoken to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not number, nor shall you take their census among the sons of Israel. But you shall appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, and over all its furnishings, and over all that belongs to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings, and they shall take care of it. They shall also camp around the tabernacle. So when the tabernacle is to set out, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle encamps, the Levites shall set it up. But the layman who comes near shall be put to death. The sons of Israel shall camp, each man by his own camp and each man by his own standard, according to their armies. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of the testimony, so that there will be no wrath on the congregation of the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall keep charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. Thus the sons of Israel did, according to all which the Lord had commanded Moses, so they did. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, The sons of Israel shall camp, each by his own standard, with the banners of their fathers' households. They shall camp around the tent of meeting at a distance. Now those who camp on the east side toward the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah by their armies and the leader of the sons of Judah, Nashon the son of Amminadab, and his army, even their numbered men, seventy-four thousand six hundred. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar. And the leader of the sons of Issachar, Nethanel the son of Zuar, and his army, even their numbered men, fifty-four thousand four hundred. Then comes the tribe of Zebulun and the leader of the sons of Zebulun, Eliab the son of Helan, and his army, even his numbered men, 57,400. The total of the numbered men of the camp of Judah, 186,400, by their armies. They shall set out first. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben, Their armies, and the leader of the sons of Reuben, Eleazar, the son of Shadur, and his army, even their numbered men, forty six thousand five hundred. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon, and the leader of the sons of Simeon, Shalumael, the son of Zurisaddai, and his army, even their numbered men, fifty nine thousand three hundred. Then comes the tribe of Gad, and the leader of the sons of Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Duel, and his army, even their numbered men, forty-five thousand six hundred and fifty. The total of the numbered men of the camp of Reuben, one hundred and fifty-one thousand four hundred and fifty by their armies, and they shall set out second. Then the tent of meeting shall set out with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camps. Just as they camp, so they shall set out, every man in his place by their standards. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim by their armies, and the leaders of the sons of Ephraim shall be Elishama, the son of Amihud and his army, even their numbered men, forty thousand five hundred. Next to him shall be the tribe of Manasseh, and the leader of the sons of Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, and his army, even their numbered men, thirty-two thousand two hundred. Then comes the tribe of Benjamin, and the leader of the sons of Benjamin, Abaddon, the son of Gideoni, and his army, even their numbered men, thirty five thousand four hundred. The total of the numbered men of the camp of Ephraim, one hundred and eight thousand one hundred, by their armies, and they shall set out third. On the north side shall be the standard of the camp of Dan, by their armies, and the leader of the sons of Dan, Ahiazer the son of Amishadai, and his army, even their numbered men, sixty-two thousand seven hundred. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Asher, and the leader of the sons of Asher, Pagiel, the son of Okrin, and his army, even their numbered men, forty-one thousand five hundred. Then comes the tribe of Naphtali, and the leader of the sons of Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Enan, and his army, even their numbered men, 53,400. The total of the numbered men of the camp of Dan was 157,600. They shall set out last by their standards. These are the numbered men of the sons of Israel, by their fathers' households, the total of the numbered men of the camps by their armies, 603,550. The Levites, however, were not numbered among the sons of Israel, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Thus the sons of Israel did, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they set out, every one by his family according to his father's household now these are the records of the generations of aaron and moses at the time when the lord spoke with moses on mount sinai these then are the names of the sons of aaron nadab the firstborn and abihu eleazar and ithamar these are the names of the sons of aaron the anointed priests whom he ordained To serve as priests. But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered strange fire before the Lord in the land of Sinai, and they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of their father Aaron. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Bring the tribe of Levi near and set them before Aaron the priest. That they may serve him. They shall perform the duties for him and for the whole congregation before the tent of meeting, to do the service of the tabernacle. They shall also keep all the furnishings of the tent of meeting, along with the duties of the sons of Israel, to do the service of the tabernacle. You shall thus give the Levites to Aaron and to his sons, they are wholly given to him from among the sons of Israel. So you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, that they may keep their priesthood. But the layman who comes near shall be put to death. Again the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Now behold, I have taken the Levites from among the sons of Israel, instead of every firstborn, the first issue of the womb, along with the sons of Israel. So the Levites shall be mine. For all the firstborn are mine, on the day that I struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. I sanctified to myself all the firstborn in Israel, from man to beast. They shall be mine. I am the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai, saying, Number the sons of Levi by their father's household, by their families, Every male from a month old and upward you shall number. So Moses numbered them according to the word of the Lord, just as he had commanded. These then are the sons of Levi by their names, Gershon and Kohath and Morari. These are the names of the sons of Gershon by their families, Libni and Shimei, and the sons of Kohath by their families. Amram and Izhar, Hebron and Oziel. and the sons of Merari by their families, Mali and Mushi. These are the families of the Levites, according to their father's households. Of Gershon was the family of the Libnites, and the family of the Shimeites. These were the families of the Gershonites. Their numbered men, in the numbering of every male from a month old and upward, even their numbered men were seven thousand five hundred. The families of the Gershonites were to camp behind the tabernacle westward, and the leader of the fathers' households of the Gershonites was Eliasaph, the son of Lael. Now the duties of the sons of Gershon in the Tent of Meeting involved the tabernacle and the tent, its covering, and the screen for the doorway of the tent of meeting, and the hangings of the court, and the screen for the doorway of the court, which is around the tabernacle and the altar, and its cords, according to all the surface concerning them. Of Kohath was the family of the Amramites, and the family of the Izarites, and the family of the Hebronites and the family of the Uzielites. These were the families of the Kohathites. In the numbering of every male from a month old and upward, there were 8,600, performing the duties of the sanctuary. The families of the sons of Kohath were to camp on the southward side of the tabernacle, and the leader of the fathers' households of the Kohathite families was Elisaphon the son of Uziel. Now their duties involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, and the utensils of the sanctuary with which they minister, and the screen, and all the service concerning them. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, was the chief of the leaders of Levi, and had the oversight of those who performed the duties of the sanctuary. Of Merari was the family of the Maliites and the family of the Mushites. These were the families of Merari. Their numbered men in the numbering of every male from a month old and upward were 6,200. The leaders of the fathers' households of the families of Merari was Zuriel, the son of Abahael they were to camp on the northward side of the tabernacle. Now the appointed duties of the sons of Merari involved the frames of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, all its equipment, and the service concerning them, and the pillars around the court with their sockets and their pegs and their cords. Now those who were to camp before the tabernacle eastward Before the tent of meeting toward the sunrise are Moses and Aaron and his sons, performing the duties of the sanctuary for the obligation of the sons of Israel. But the layman coming near was to be put to death. All the numbered men of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron numbered at the command of the Lord by their families, every male from a month old and upward, were 22,000. Then the Lord said to Moses, Number every firstborn male of the sons of Israel from a month old and upward, and make a list of their names. You shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord, instead of all the firstborn among the sons of Israel, and the cattle of the Levites instead of all the firstborn Among the cattle of the sons of Israel. So Moses numbered all the firstborn among the sons of Israel, just as the Lord had commanded him, and all the firstborn males by the number of names from month old and upward, for their numbered men were twenty two thousand two hundred and seventy three. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the sons of Israel and the cattle of the Levites, and the Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord. For the ransom of the 273 of the firstborn of the sons of Israel who are in excess beyond the Levites, you shall take five shekels apiece per head. You shall take them in terms of the shekel of the sanctuary the shekel is 20 geras, and give the money, the ransom of those who are in excess among them, to Aaron and to his sons. So Moses took the ransom money from those who were in excess, beyond those ransomed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the sons of Israel, he took the money in terms of the shekel of the sanctuary, 1,365. Then Moses gave the ransom money to Aaron and to his sons at the command of the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. All right, so let's go ahead and wrap up the book of Leviticus here with uh, the final couple of chapters that uh, was mentioned here. So in chapter 26, we talk about God's law regarding obedience and disobedience. And so you see very clearly that obedience to God's law produces abundance, produces prosperity, produces peace. And you see such wonderful things here. Um, There's never any end to your prosperity. The Lord's going to bless the land that you're in. No enemies are going to attack you. And if you do have to fight, your victories are going to be a hundredfold. So ultimately... He is saying that his covenant with them, he will certainly honor it. But if we, and what I really think is the most beautiful picture of all, is that it says that he will make his dwelling among them, and his soul will not reject them. I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people, God with us, God among us. That is the person of Jesus Christ, what he did. Not only that, but also this same promise is going to be in the end times as well. You read this in the book of Revelation, where it shows that the Lord will be among us there too, and he will never leave us then again. It will be an eternal dwelling. So this is a foreshadowing of the heavenly things, as well as what Christ does by being with us and allowing the Holy Spirit to indwell us. So a beautiful picture, and certainly is something we should keep in mind. But then there's the consequences. If you do not obey me, these things will happen. That's why there's no coincidence that at the very beginning of this chapter, he talks about idolatry, because that is going to be what drives them away from God. And he it gets progressively worse. Progressively worse. It starts with sickness, and then it'll go... He says the, the sky will be like iron, and the earth will be like bronze. Well, what does that mean? The sky will be clear as day. There won't be a cloud in the sky, meaning no rain is going to fall on your land. And the earth will be like bronze. It's not green. It's just bronze. What is that? It's just It's just dirt. There's no crops. There's no prosperity. Nothing's going to grow. The produce will not come from the land. And then it says in verse 25 that he is going to avenge his covenant. He will execute vengeance for the covenant. You know, he's going to punish the breaking of God's covenant progressively worse to the point where it says that when you break your staff of bread that ten women will bake your bread in one oven. It's going to be so scarce. Ten families are going to be baking bread in one oven because there's just so little to eat. And then, of course, it gets progressively worse to where they will be exiled. So, not only do you see that um, this is actually going to happen later, that the Covenant will be broken many, many times by the Israelites, but it says that they will be exiled, like it says in verse thirty-three and thirty through thirty-five. Thou scatter you among the nations, and he's done that many times with the Israelites. And then it gets even worse, where you will be running from things, even though nothing's chasing you, and you will be just living in fear, and you'll be destroyed within the nations of these people that have taken you away. But I love that he offers a plan of redemption, beginning in verse 40, right? If you confess your iniquity and the unfaithfulness that you have had against me, and also your hostility that you've had against me, I will remember my covenants that I made with your ancestors. The land will not be abandoned by them, but it will make up for its Sabbaths while it was made desolate. Because like he was saying, that the, um, the land will rest in peace without humanity being there. So when they come back, there will be plenty for them to eat, and things will work in their favor again. It's a, God says that his soul would abhor them when they were in this situation, that He would hate them for being sinful. And then if they recognize their sinfulness, in spite of all this, even whenever I exile you, he says, even when you're in the land of your enemies, I will not reject them, nor will I so abhor them as to destroy them and break my covenant, for I am the Lord their God. Isn't that beautiful? God may be frustrated with our attempts at defying him, but he will never totally reject us. In this case, he's referring to Israel for sure, because they're his promised people, but as Christians, he'll never reject us completely. Anytime that we sin, after we are saved, he will forgive us, and he will not utterly reject us. Because he doesn't break his covenants. He keeps his promises forever and ever. And he doesn't make promises lightly. Whatever promises he's made, he intends to keep them for all time. Now, I think that's so beautiful because we are so good at not keeping covenants. (laughs) And so uh, it's good that God reminds us. He even said that here but I will remember for them the covenant with their ancestors. He will remind us of the promises that he's made, and he does that now. That's what we're doing. We're reading his word, and he's reminding us of the promises he's made to our spiritual ancestors. So, so beautiful. Praise God. And I'm not going to go into all of chapter 27, but uh, the main focus I wanted is at the very end here, how it talks about a tithe, a 10% of whatever it is that you have gained. Now, I am personally a firm believer that the tithe is still in effect, because like it says throughout the Bible, that we are supposed to give with liberality to give freely and generously. And if we are trying to desperately hold on to our possessions or our money and we feel bitterness in our hearts like, "Uh, this is my money, I earned it, or I can't live without it, you know, we're, we're in grave error because everything is a gift from God. It is all God's grace that you are physically fit to make money that money is coming to you, that you have the job that you have, the intelligence that he gave you, the skills that you use with your hands, all of that is his gift. And he asks for only 10% of it, which should be given from the heart. And he even says in in other parts of Scripture, I believe it's in uh, Malachi, test me on this, give and see what I can do. Test me on this. He, he he says throughout the Bible to never put your God to the test, but that is the one time you're going to see later that he actually challenges us to test him in giving generously. So imagine if that, uh, surely that has a material value to it as well, but think about the spiritual investments that we can put in in the way that we are charitable to other people, the way that we pray for people, the good works we try to do in the name of the Lord. We're reaping and storing up treasures in heaven. And he's giving us that abundance as well, that not only is he testing us that if you give with generosity what I can do with that, but also see how much I will bless you even in the next life, for all the things that you do for me, with a cheerful, sacrificial heart, with pure motives. The Lord definitely blesses that. And I thought that was a great way to end Leviticus. It really was. And then we come to the book of Numbers, and you can already see that it's going to be tedious in some places. Especially the reading of it was a little challenging, um, to not stumble over my own words because they're so repetitive sometimes. But what he's doing is he made a census of all the people of the 12 tribes, except for Levi, since they are just responsible for the um, priestly side of the camp. And they number quite a bit, don't they? 603,550 men, Between the ages of 20 and, I'm guessing, about 50 or 45, perhaps. That's about the age when they would uh, stop going out to war. So you're looking at a good... And again, this is just men. This is not counting the children, and this is not counting the women. So easily we can see that this is about 2 million people. This is not a little camp. This is two million people. That's a huge camp. So definitely not something we should take lightly. So not only that, but then he describes the um, position of the camps and how they're going to do it. This is kind of like a military style uh, setting here to where each tribe is going to have their own standard and banner, you know, like a flag, so to speak, like a flag that shows this flag is the Levite camp, this flag is the Asher camp, so on and so forth. And they are situated in a particular way. When they march, kind of like a military style, they would march in this particular order. And so beginning with um, the ones on the east, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun, the ones in the south, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. And then in the middle, you would have the tabernacle and the Levites. And then on the west side, you'd have Ephraim, Manasseh, Benjamin. And then in the north side, you would have Dan, Asher, and Naphtali to head up the rear, the rear guard. And this was the entire marching order for the land of Israel. So very interesting. Now for tomorrow, um, if there is going to be a retelling of some of the things of um, the holy things, like the tabernacle, the uh, some of the traditions they're supposed to keep. And then you start seeing some more of the uh, priestly line described as well in the coming chapters and establishing all of that for us. And then one of the most beautiful pieces of scripture, I think, is Aaron's. Priestly prayer that he he gives um, at the end of chapter six, which we'll get to, and we'll talk about that one for sure. They made us; they may even made a hymn about it too, at that we sing at church sometimes. But it is certainly beautiful. So numbers will have its ups and downs. I say that, and you know, how we like to gauge and measure excitement in the scripture. And um, tomorrow we'll have some. Uh, tediousness, to say it as politely as I can. Not that I'm saying it's not important. Don't get me wrong, but it's challenging to read, no doubt. But once we get past a couple more humps, so to speak, we will be um, in more not only for more familiar territory, but also more perhaps engaging territory. So, but again, Bible doesn't. these things in here for no reason. They all serve a purpose. They just may be harder to identify. So keep going. We're on the right track. 24 days in, the end of a month of reading the Bible straight is upon us. Keep going strong. You're doing great. And if if you can get past this, you can get past anything in the Bible, I firmly believe. Well, that's all I have for today. So, Thank you very much for listening. I'm Ryan. As always, have a great day. God bless you. We'll see you next time.